Hello and welcome back to Self-Healing After Trauma. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Asher Beckwith, and Kimberly Ward is here with us as well, your co-host. Hello. Hi, hi. So today we really want to talk about this idea of socially being connected and what that means. And then we want to move a little bit and start talking about boundaries in relationships. And if you haven't heard already, we in our previous episodes talked about some unhealthy boundaries as well as some healthy boundaries. And just to mention again and reiterate, bear in mind that these are things that folks are working on. They are skills. They are not just learned, you know, willy-nilly. That's something that takes a required effort to be able to learn if you haven't learned those from your parents or from other relationships. And so go easy on yourself, have self-compassion as you are learning these things. It's just, you know, it's like a child learning something new. We wouldn't yell at the child. So let's not yell or get upset with ourselves as we're trying to explore and learn new things. So I first just wanted to talk a little bit about social connection and social con connection is really important, especially for people who are recovering from and healing from trauma historically. And having that element of people to connect with. And then just in general, also, people need people. We need people, right? We can't just exist in vacuums. We, we actually need people. And this was shown in a study by Emil Durkheim. And if you all have listened to any previous episodes, you know that I am an anthropologist, but I also have a background in, in master's in sociology. And Emil Durkheim was a sociologist and kind of like one of like the founding fathers, if you will, and who did a study back in like the 1900s. And it basically showed that people who had more connections are in better shape their you know their well-being is much better than folks who are not who don't have as many connections and i will just speak very quickly and then kimberly feel free to chime in here but i know that for me hearing that even and teaching that when i was a professor was very hard for me because uh as someone who has gone through and then been recovering and healing from trauma it was really hard because I tend to want to to just be on my own all the time and <laughs> go into myself and not have as many social connections. And I still have challenges with that now, although it's more of a concerted effort than it is <laughs> to not want to be as social <laughs> um, than anything else. But um, yeah, that was really hard for me to to hear that. And so please, as you're listening to this, please take that and, and understand that you're not alone and that it's okay. And that even if you don't necessarily feel that connection, that that's okay. But we do need other people to connect with. Yeah, So... absolutely. Well, I, I, I think it's important to remember that we all respond differently to trauma and, and some people respond by closing themselves off from other people and they feel safer not being in connection. And some people want to merge and be very deeply connected with other people and they don't feel safe without somebody else there. And so there is a balance there. Like we do need safe 
human connection. And when we're traumatized, we tend to either find people to connect with that aren't necessarily safe for us, or we shut ourselves off. So we definitely need, we know that we emotionally need connection, but the newer neuroscientists show us that we actually need, our physiology depends on safe connection from other people. So if you have a trauma background, it's important to know there's a full spectrum here. You could be overly engaging in unhealthy relationships to have connection that's not really healthy and supportive of you, or you might be at the opposite and you might isolate yourself. Both are not good. Right? We want to heal those old patterns so that we can find that that just right spot for us. And so if you by nature are more of an introvert, it's going to be okay for you to have a small amount of intimate connection with others. Some of us are extroverts and we get energy, we get energized and inspired by being around people. So it's it's learning what your needs are from a healthy perspective as opposed to your traumatized defensive self. And, and I think that this conversation can maybe help people on either end of that spectrum. Absolutely. And I know that one of the things that um, Kimberly, you and I were talking about prior to coming on today was when we're talking about healthy and what that means, it's, it's someone and it's being in relationship with someone who can help you with regulating, who is regulated and who also can help you with regulating your system by having them be in more of a regulated state that automatically just by being in somebody's presence who is in a regulated state will help you to then regulate your system. Yeah. Yeah. We all need people in our lives that um, can be incredibly grounded and regulated so that when something happens that we feel like we need some support with, we can call on that person knowing that they can handle whatever we're going through and maintain that state of regulation in their system because your system will co-regulate with their system. So we all need somebody in our life that has the capacity to be grounded and strong and regulated when we need them. Right. Right. And that's challenging to be regulated all of the time, right? So, but there are people who are, who are regulated, you know, most of the time I would say, and who are, are there and who can help. Um, yep. And so adding to that, just wanted to talk about this idea of in relationship. So one of the boundaries that we wanted to talk about today, and we want to continue to talk about boundaries for the next several weeks, because this is so important in relationships to have healthy boundaries and to build healthy boundaries. And today is for our first boundary, we're going to talk about moving slowly into acquaintanceship in order to check for compatibility. So I'm happy to kind of kick this off if uh, I know that historically, my in more intimate relationships have gone from like zero to, you know, 180 overnight. And, you know, it's been, oh, I find you attractive and I find you all of these things. And then all of a sudden there's, 
you know, some kind of a sexual relationship. And then all of a sudden they're moving in. And also lesbians in general, which I am, are known for having the U-Haul on the third date. That is something that is a stereotype of our community is to move in together on the third date. And it really kind of is like that. And that's kind of the expectations of the community. And I think it's because like it's women and women get, tend to get closer or faster, all of these things. And, you know, and so you just pop right in. Um, one of the things that happened after my ex and I separated was I actually took a lot of courses and things on how to have a conscious and healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I learned through that was how to move slowly and not to have the U-Haul on the third date. So by moving slowly, meaning really talking and getting to know each other, but also limiting that time too. So maybe talking for 15 minutes, but not talking for, you know, 20 hours at once, which I probably have done in my lifetime. Um, and then really taking my time to try to get to know that person so that I'm not just jumping in and I don't understand them or their core values or any of these kinds of things. So um, on that note, so my partner and I, when we started and things, we took things very, very, very slowly. At, at first we wanted to talk and do all these things all the time. And then we slowed things down pretty quickly after that initial piece. And it got to the point where we started to um, only see each other maybe three days, like three full days, like a day and a half here and a day and a half there. And part of that's because of custody schedules and other things as well, but um, but only see each other for limited periods and then only talk on the phone for limited periods. Um, and that might only be like two nights a week, whereas the rest of the time, like we might just text. Uh, and so that allowed us both to take our time and to build our relationship and to build our capacity to be able to hold space for each other and to be able to hold a healthy conscious relationship versus rushing into things. And it also uh, helped us and is still helping us to work through issues as opposed to just jumping in. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be different for different people, but in general, it's really helpful and affirming to purposely intentionally go slower than you might want to when you first meet someone, especially in a romantic relationship, right? Where hormones are raging and you're really attracted to the person and you're really excited about it. And, you know, it's like being on a drug, right? We know that when you first fall in love, it's literally like a drug on your brain. And so it's really tempting to cross your boundary at that point and jump into something. And, you know, for those of us that are maybe a little bit older and wiser, and we know the outcome of that usually is not desired, not really the desired outcome, but boy, it, it can be challenging when you just feel so attracted to somebody, or maybe even a, just a new friend, you just really like the way you feel when you're around them. And so it can be really hard to have the restraint and have a boundary around that. And, and part of that is, you know, it's like, I love myself and respect myself enough 
to go slowly, even though I'm really excited about this new relationship, you know, and, and that can be hard for people with a trauma history, you know, to, to not have that, um, internal, natural, healthy boundary, um, until we learn how to do it. So one strategy I had when I was recovering from my trauma and my past was to just be really intentional about what I wanted for my future and knowing, so, okay, I'm really clear on the kind, and I'm talking to a romantic relationship now, I'm really clear on the kind of relationship I want and the kind of container I want to have in the past I jumped in and let people walk all over me take advantage of me now I want to find a person who will honor and respect my boundaries if I don't have any there's none to respect so what I had to get really clear what are the boundaries that I want to have in a relationship even though it's new and fun and exciting we haven't yet had any of the bumps in the roads that we're going to have later on down the road, I gave myself the space to decide before going into a relationship, what are the boundaries that I want to have in my next relationship? So I think it can be really helpful if you have a trauma past, if you're recovering from trauma or abuse, which is traumatizing, that you get, you take the time to get really clear. What do you want the relationship boundaries to be before you go find a relationship so that you're clear before you jump in? And then as you take it slow, you're watching out for the red flags. You're watching out. Are they crossing my boundaries or not? I think that's really important. And there were a lot of things that I was able to personally establish and things before I even got into a relationship. And mm. the other thing that I'd like to highlight too, is that then when you're in the relationship, you realize that other things pop up for you. And one of the best ways to heal, at least in my experience and potentially in others is through relationship, right? You can heal very mm-hmm. quickly and relationships pose a lot of challenges and things. And so depending upon how you approach those challenges, you can you can heal a lot quicker actually in relationship research shows you can heal quicker in relationship than you can outside of relationship and so that doesn't necessarily mean an intimate relationship it could be an int- a relationship with a friend or it could be a relationship with a group or a support group or a peer group or you know a therapist mm-hmm. or any of these kinds of things yeah. but the research does indicate that you can you can and do tend to uh, heal faster and uh, in, in in ways because those relationships challenge you. I kind of see it as like to see my edges. That's how I think about it. To mm-hmm. see areas where things are a little rough still and might need a little tweaking to help me to go, oh, okay, let me see that. So yeah. while you also, while you have that vision of of what you want and things like that, also it's important to be flexible. Right. And to to not to not compromise on your boundaries, but also to allow yourself room to grow with them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to have a sense of what a boundary is. Yeah. Right. And often traumatized people um, 
they're not, number one, they're not grounded into their body. They're not consciously grounded into their own body. And what more important boundary could you have than your skin? Yeah. Right. This is me. That is not me. What I am responsible for me. How am I going to be responsible for others? And what is the appropriate boundary there? And have those things in mind before jumping in really quickly into a relationship. If you don't have any time to con con to get a sense of compatibility, mm -hmm. you're probably going to have a boundary crossed. Yeah. So being clear on what the boundaries are important for you. What are your, your hard and fast boundaries? Mm -hmm. right? Like what are those for you? Be really clear on what that is because yes, when you have a relationship with boundaries, that is a beautiful, a beautiful space for cultivating your own healing process. Yeah. Right? Or, or you're re-traumatized. Right. Exactly. And so I love how you said that. And I think it really is important to know, like, what are my hard and fast boundaries before I get in? Right. Like mm -hmm. I, under any circumstances, there is no flexibility. I cannot accept these. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, I used to kind of code them out because I'm a scientist and that's how my brain works. So I had like my green boundaries, my yellow boundaries and my red boundaries. Right. And my red boundaries were like, okay, it doesn't matter like who they are. I will not cross like this. This boundary cannot be crossed. My yellow mm -hmm. ones were kind of like, it would be nice but these, these are not necessarily important to my safety or important to my self-worth or any of those kinds of things that, you know, are more critical to my essential self and my soul. Um, mm -hmm. But these would be some nice things. And then my green things where I was like, okay, I'm kind of putting this out there, but I'm pretty flexible on those things. So mm -hmm. I think if you can figure out, because boundaries have varying levels of, reinforcement right if you will and so what are those things that are absolutely just non-negotiable like no way and then what are those things that are kind of on the edge and then what are those things that you're more flexible around and trying to figure those out so maybe making a list and trying to see how that feels and what i would encourage folks to do is see how that feels within you like when you're saying this and you're writing it or you're you're articulating it do you feel like contracted do you feel like your your chest or that your body is more you know contracted or do you feel more open mm -hmm. and trying to tap into that trying to feel what your body is sensing about it because that's as somebody who has gone through this recovery process that is where I eventually found that I could trust myself is knowing my body's reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. Learning the, how your body is communicating with you, the language, I say learning the language of your body. All right. So slowing down and pay attention to how your body is responding because your mind might be responding in a trauma pattern based on how you stayed safe in the past. So your mind might find yourself, oh, I'm really attracted to that person because he or she is so outgoing and they're so energetic. And maybe they're a little bit harsher than you would really like. After you get to know them, you find out that they're a little, maybe a little more physical. Maybe they're, they, um, they have some values that don't align with yours and your body will tell you. 
your body will tell you if, but you gotta, it's a skill, you gotta yeah. learn how to listen to your body for yeah. sure. But I, I think the most important message today really is to take your time, yeah. take your time. And if you're not clear on what your values and your hard do not pass go boundaries are, that's a good time to think about that before for moving into a relationship. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're in relationship, still take time and think about them and see how those are manifesting within your current relationship. And perhaps if there's things that need to be addressed to help reinforce those boundaries. Yeah, yeah. You said it really well. Healing, healing happens in relationship. We don't heal in isolation, right? And many of our wounds are relational wounds. So it is so important to find a trusted person to help you learn how to establish relationship or excuse me, establish boundaries for yourself. And it can be a peer group. It could be a good friend. It could be a practitioner. Um, there's so many ways that you can find support and we're really committed to, to helping you with that as well. 100%. All right. Well, I hope that this episode was helpful for folks. We're going to continue to talk about this for a while, for several more episodes, because this is really, really important and really critical for folks, especially who are going through the healing journey. So thank you again for joining us. And as always, it is such a pleasure and an honor to be with you on your healing journey. Take care, everyone.